I'm delighted to say that I'm joined on this week's Bread of Blue by Peter Clark, who came through the Everton ranks to have a, a terrific professional career that's still going on and approaching the age of 40, Peter. What, what's the secret? Ooh, uh, initially, I love it. I love playing. Um, it's all I ever wanted to do when I was a kid. So I feel very, very fortunate to have done and, and still be able to do Um like I can say, I love being out there on a Saturday and a, a Tuesday night or whenever games are now deemed to be played. Um, and I think over the course of time, you learn what your body needs, what you need in terms of training and, and the, the best ways to recover. Have you had to adapt the way you train, Pete, and the way you play to a certain extent? In a sense, yes, probably. Um, I think you I think you have to adapt uh, because times change. From my point of view, go back to pre-seasons. You you ran and ran and ran around Crocky Park, and uh, <laughs> you weren't sitting on running off. I think, but um, you know now everything's monitored, data's collected. The strength and conditioning guys know exactly what players are doing. So, um, in a sense, I think that's probably helped. Uh, yeah. You know, you you learn to adapt and you, you learn what your body needs. And, uh, you know, as, as it stands, I'm still out there every day training and uh, in the thick of it, probably adapted the way I play a little bit. You can't dive into as many tackles as you used to be able to because of the amount of cards you get. And I'm not talking birthday or Christmas. <laughs> when you're a young player, I'm sure... Senior professionals would have said to you, listen, enjoy your playing career because it goes in the blink of an eye. It goes very quickly. You have to be the last person playing professional football who was a teammate of Paul Gascoigne's. Has it gone over quick? Yeah. It's, um, I mean, like you say, you mentioned, you mentioned the Gaza there. Um, probably my earliest World Cup memory was 1990. Um, when Gaza rose to prominence mm. uh, he was a hero of mine uh, loved watching him play loved watching him do what he could do with the ball and then and ultimately being able to share the same football pictures in was um, an absolute privilege a pleasure uh, so <laughs> yeah to be one of the last players to still be playing that shared a pitch with, with Gaza uh, I don't suppose that's too too bad, too bad. Uh, certainly from my point of view. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. How, how, how old were you when you first started at Everton, Pete? When I first arrived at Belfield, as it was, um, mm. the train, I'd, I'd been asked to go for the trial by a, a scout that had, had watched me Sunday League team play. Uh, and I was, I was 11. So, many, many years ago, um, and stayed there through, as it was then, the Centre of Excellence, or as it would be called now, the Academy. Um, then started my YTS when I left school. Uh, ultimately, was was one of the, the the lads that signed professional, and uh, you know, lucky enough to then go on and and, and play some games in the first team. Who, who else would we know who came through the ranks with you? Who was in your age group? In my particular year, uh, there was George Pilkinson, who had a, a good football league career. Um, 
Tom Kearney. Yeah. Obviously back there now, I know he's coaching, I think it's the under-11s. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was the scenarios that kind of went on and, and, and ended up having football league careers. Um, you know, a little bit either side of us. The year above us, there was Ozzy and Ibo, Kevin Cloud, Franny. Um, and then the, the year below, uh, Nick Chadwick, Sean O'Hanlon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the, the lads, the group of lads around that age group that I've mentioned, uh, not all of them went on to play in Everton's first team, but from my point of view now, looking back, um, and I will forever be grateful, I will be eternally grateful, um, because Everton Football Club and the people involved at the club not only created players for Everton's first team, but they created individuals that were able to go on and, and have football league careers. Um, I don't know whether all Premier League clubs do that. Sometimes it's it's either Club X, Y or Z's first team or these players kind of drift away and don't have careers at all. Um, to me, uh, certainly going back to, to my time in the the, the Centre of Excellence, the youth team, the academy around the first team, I think Everton was certainly one of the best, if not the best, at producing young players for its own first team, but also to go on and have football league careers. How how good was it for you to play reserve team football for Everton people with Andy Holden? Because you were playing against, at times, seasoned senior professionals, weren't you? Of course. I mean, you know, you, you kind of progress through the age groups and you play against the same lads on a Sunday in the centre of excellence, be it Liverpool, Man United, Man City. Um, the, you know, in those early days or my early years from being 11 up to maybe 14-ish, you played around the northwest against clubs in the Northwest. So you came up against similar players. Um, but then, as you say, you get a little bit older and, and the reserve team, as it was then, um, there were young players with possibly bright futures involved in that side. And first team players who needed minutes having not played of a weekend. But as you say, playing against uh, seasoned players and I, I look back and I remember playing against Robbie Fowler, uh, Solshire, uh, Andy Cole, Dwight York. Wow. Um, you know, you, you, you kind of roll off. Um, we, You're talking about uh, world-class strikers there, aren't you? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, we went to Leeds and that, we played a Leeds team that had uh, Woodgate in, Rio Ferdinand, Danny Mills, <laughs> Lee Boger. Uh, I think they do up top Harry Kuhn was playing wide like you say you were playing against players that, that, that side there they got to a semi-final of a European Cup yeah. um, so you're playing against players that have had outstanding careers and you you'd have to learn very very quickly um, and it's kind of an environment where you either sink or you swim um, but I, personally from my point of view um, and I suppose it's because I know no different. I think that was a fantastic way of learning for young players. You were demanded of from senior players around you. 
Um, also, there was, I suppose, in a sense, uh, you wanted to to get one over on some of these top draw players, and I'm yeah. sure you could fix it at that level. What do you recall of your first team debut, Peter, when Walter put you in against Coventry? Yeah, uh, remember it as if it was yesterday. Um, it was the middle of an injury crisis, um, and we went down there. Alec Cleland was playing at right back, and after about twenty-five minutes, um, you know, we're, we're out to warm up at various points as substitutes. Um, there's a stoppage in play, and an X. It looks like he's struggling in a, a bit, and. I think there was uh, I think there was Kevin McLeod on the bench that day. I think Ozzy was there and we're out warming up. <laughs> you could be on here. <laughs> I, you know, you kind of get those butterflies and that excitement. And uh, I remember Jimmy Martin sticking his head out and whistling me back. And you, you initially, is it me? Is it me? <laughs> I think now we've got GPS and you can record top speeds and all that. <laughs> I think my it was probably about 25 minutes past three at Highfield Road back a long, long time ago. Um, but yeah, I remember whipping my gear off, trackies off, your jacket off uh, on the touchline and just can't wait to get on. Um, remember Archie and, and the gaffer, Walter, you know, uh, say, just go and do what you do. Um, not complicating anything and uh, wish me all the best and that was it over the white line you go and like I say remember it as if it was yesterday well, Walter and Archie were terrific weren't they yeah so, you know what looking back and I realise that they might not be everyone's cup of, cup of tea um, not everyone might like them um, they were involved at the club in a, during a difficult time um, but they were too I found them to be two decent fellas. Um, and if you worked hard and you were straight and you were honest, then you got exactly the same in return. Um, and I think that's, you know, they, they were demanding, uh, but demanded off players in the right way um, because they wanted the best for the individual, but they wanted the best for Everton Football Club as a collective as well. Which senior players looked after you? Which of the senior pros were good to you at the time, please? Um, at the time, uh, there was Danny Cad. I say the senior pros, these were young pros. There was Cads and Ball, Dunny around it. So I'd known them for a few years. So it made integrating into that group of players, I suppose, a little bit easier. Um, but Unzi was someone who had, I suppose, followed a, a similar path to the lads I've just mentioned who'd come through the system at Everton and, and be become an Everton first team player. Um, Waggy was always great. Mm. Uh, willing, you know, wanting to help the lads and and and, and uh, try and improve them and pass on advice. Um, Cams and Big Dunk were, were terrific fellas. Um, Some characters there, wasn't there? Oh, proper characters. Um, and like I say, you know, these were were Tough characters, tough men who yeah. demanded of themselves and, and put demands upon me, whoever it was, as players. Um, and, and I loved that. That was brilliant. Um, 
but you know there was a, a good group of, of players Richard Goff at the time was uh, you know involved um, and these players were, were certainly beneficial to myself to other young players um, you know and uh, now as I'm probably that age group of senior player I think you you know it it's part of your job to help the younger players and, and give them advice and perhaps nurture them as, as best you possibly can. I always felt that Walter's departure and then David Moyes coming in was, was unfortunate timing for you because we were in a bad position in the, in the, in the Premier League table. And, and to be fair to David Moyes, he, he was never likely to, to play young defenders ahead of the more experienced defenders, was he, when he first came in because he, he needed results straight away. Yeah, um, you know, personally, I'm going to be biased um, and the timing for me couldn't have been any worse, really. Mm. Um, you know, Moisey come in and, and as you say, uh, I think any team in any division that's struggling will probably lean towards experience and, and those that have been there and done it. Um I personally believe, you know, although I was a young player, that I had a, perhaps a more mature head on my shoulders than my years of age. Mm. Um, I believe I could have dealt with the situation. Um, uh, unfortunately, I don't think I, I got a... How should we put it? I don't think I necessarily had enough opportunity uh, to show my worth to Davy Moyes. Um, and as I say, from my point of view, um, oh, that was hugely disappointing. Uh, I, I would have loved nothing more than to have had a, a career being a one-club man and, and played a gazillion games for Everton, you know, Everton Football Club. Um wasn't necessarily to be, uh, and I got to a stage of my career, an age where ultimately I needed to be playing games and and forging a path for myself. Um, but um, as I say, I don't necessarily think that the opportunities I got after Moisey came in were were enough or regular enough or enough to be judged on yeah. um, as I say ultimately there came a time where I had to uh, make a decision for my my own career Do you think you were unfairly judged from that game against Shrewsbury Town in the FA Cup when everything that could go wrong did go wrong for everybody that day? Yeah I mean I um, that game in particular yes I do to be honest with you Darren that day um I, well, the day before we returned in, uh, I was on the travelling squad the day before. Um, I then got to the end of training and there was, I can't remember the reasons, but there was a delay before the bus was leaving. Um, and some players that weren't in the squad, they were, they were finished and I was on my way home. I then got a call to come back. You, you're going to be travelling, right, okay. So then back, travel, um, and 
Uh, it turns out the following day that I'm, I'm playing, uh, I play it right back, uh, no problem. Um, but as FA Cup upsets go, that one probably doesn't reflect very kindly on the club. Uh, it's probably well remembered um, because at the time that the, the league that Shrewsbury were in, the, the obviously magnitude of, of the club, um, you know, having a, a Premier League club, a big scalp. Um, and yeah, I was part of the, the team that day. Um, and yeah, I believe I was unfairly judged. Um, and then, you know, I, I think from there, I was always perhaps fighting uh, a losing battle, shall we say. When, when, when the time came for you to leave, were you, were you happy with yourself that, you, that you'd, you'd given everything you could, you'd done everything you could to try and force your way and you'd look back and you wouldn't change anything? You know, something my dad had always said to me, always give everything every day. Um, and that stuck me with me from being, I don't know, probably 14, 15, 16. Um, so looking back, I gave it everything I had. Uh, I still do. Um, so I gave it everything I had. I gave everything I possibly could. I worked as hard as I possibly could. Um, and for whatever reason, the time came that it was, you know, a case of, of me moving on. Um, I remember that day, again, I remember that day very well. I left back Belfield, uh, my gear in a, a bin bag and, you know, I'm not ashamed to say it. I walked out of Belfield that day and cried. Mm. Um, mm. Wasn't, wasn't part of my plan, but... Um, you know, it was uh, something you'd have to deal with and and I suppose as one door closes, another opens and you've got to you got to make the best of it. And again, time to work as hard as you possibly can and, and back yourself to improve and, and go on and do better. It's obviously a very, very tough time when a young player gets released and, and the majority of players' statistics tell us that they, they don't bounce back. But you were always... You were always going to be a footballer, Pete, weren't you? You were, you were always that was walking out of Belfield was never going to be the end for you. It was just going to be another beginning, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I believe so. Um, I suppose as time has passed, it it, it perhaps shows that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not. Don't mind saying I was gutted that day um, because as a young player, you you know. I wanted to play a million games for Everton. I wanted to be successful at Everton. I wanted to, you know, follow on in, you know, footsteps of some greats that have won trophies and, you know, be part of uh, the, uh, the club's history. Um, like I say, it wasn't to be. Um, so once I'd wiped them tears away, it was a case of, you know, time to come out fighting again. Mm. Uh, and uh, I suppose that's pro probably part of my makeup that any any signs of adversity, any times of adversity, I only really know one way, and that's to come out fighting and, and giving it my best. Um, 
And that was, you know, I can say when I wiped the tears away, it was a case of, right, let's go again. Um, and me leaving Everton was probably also a motivation that yeah. I wanted to go wrong. I was going to mention that because a quick check on Wikipedia and it's got Player of the Year at Huddersfield, Player of the Year at Southend, Player of the Year at Berry, Player of the Year at Oldham. So if you wanted to prove people wrong, you certainly did so, didn't you? Maybe, maybe so. Um, yeah, you know, I've done okay over the years. I've, I've won, like you say, I've won a couple of Player of the Year awards at various clubs I've been at. Um, so hopefully that's a sign that I've I've kind of been doing something right over the years and um, hopefully the, the clubs that I've played for, the, the fans have appreciated me and, uh, you know, to, to have been named Player of the Year at whichever club it's been at, um, you know, I'm very humbled and I'm very grateful for, for those people thinking that, you know, I'm good enough to for them to cast their vote my way. Was there a support mechanism in place when you left Everton, Peter, or were you just sort of an Everton player one day, next day, you're on your own, away you go? I think times have changed. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like I say, left Everton um, and that was it, pretty much. Like I say, walked out of Belfield and then, you know, no longer an Everton player and Away you go. Um, I think say think times have changed, and I think things are better now. Um, and probably as a society, we we weren't as aware of possible consequences mm. of uh, decisions. You know, there's obviously a lot of talk of mental health nowadays, and. Uh, care for players, which I think is a great thing. Um, but going back, you know, nearly two decades, um, well, not um, not really. There wasn't much supporters as a person leaving Everton Football Club. Um, but you know, again, that's that's no problem. I had the the mindset that I wanted to prove people wrong, and uh, I suppose as well. It, Maybe it was, uh, you know, time to, to completely cut the apron strings, as it were, and a clean break was was maybe the right thing at that time. 900 games, over 20 years involved in a professional game. What will be next, Pete? Have you, have you done your coaching badges? Yeah, um, completed my A licence. So uh, I suppose there's... There's one eye on what happens next, um, whether that's that's coaching or or managing. Um, you know, over the, the course of my career, um, I've done some bits and pieces in terms of, of media, uh, a little bit of television, a little bit of radio. Some may say I've got a face for radio, but <laughs> they're just rude. <laughs> but no, it's uh, no. Um, yeah, there's, there's a couple of, of possible different pathways. Um, and I suppose the, the time will come eventually. Um, and I, I guess you you perhaps need to suck it and see. Um, do do some coaching, do some, uh, you know, again, media work and, mm. and that sort of stuff and, and see what suits you best. 
you've obviously played for dozens and dozens of managers. Which names spring instantly to mind if I was to say, who were the best managers you had? When you go into your own, hopefully, maybe one day, managerial career, who will you take the most from? Ooh. You better say Mickey you know, Mann, haven't you, for a start? <laughs> oh, you know what? Um, there's lots of there's lots of managers I've played for, like you say. Um, like I say, obviously Mickey's Mickey's had lots of success throughout his career, so I'd be daft not to take note of um, how he does things, the way he works, and, and so on and so forth. But I think you can learn from every manager you've had. In some way, shape, or form, um, be it, be it the good, the bad, the indifferent from 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 whichever individual. Um, but I think you can learn off them all. Um, and if you don't, then you know uh, I think you you're actually doing yourself an injustice and not taking enough notice, not paying enough attention to to their their various ways and their their various methods. When you look at your statistics, they make incredible reading, no more so than somewhere in the region of 70 goals, which is some return for a centre-half, because you, you, your goal-scoring centre-halves are a bit of a dying breed, aren't they? Yeah. Um, no, I've, I've done OK in terms of a goal <laughs> return over time. Um, I think, well, you know, I'm, I'm quietly quite pleased with that figure. Um, and the, you know, it's. Uh, I think if any side can get goals from around and about the team, not just its strikers, uh, you know, if you you midfield players can chip in with goals, um, I suppose uh, team shapes and, and team dynamics have changed. But you know, if you can get your midfield players or your wide players chipping in with goals and and your centre-backs from set-pieces, it takes a little bit of load off those strikers. Um, and that's always been something that, you know, I've kind of had in mind and uh, personal aspects. If that ball's coming in, I'd like to be able to attack it and, and get on the end of it. Pete, you've had an absolutely fantastic career and it's fabulous to see that you're still the same humble, self-effacing guy that you were when you first broke into the Everton first team squad. As you said, you were mature beyond your years and congratulations on a fantastic career and, and have a happy birthday. Darren, that's very kind of you. Thank you very much, mate. 21, eh? <laughs> You're looking well, pal. <laughs> <laughs>